Good morning, everyone, and Merry Christmas. The wait is over. What wait? I heard it this morning. It's Christmas. It's very excited. Man, kids, you don't have to be uh, that emotionless. You can leave that for the adults. It's Christmas. How exciting. The wait is over. For some of us, it means a busy day. It means there's cooking and friends and family and presents to be unwrapped. Very exciting. For others, it's a little bit quieter, maybe spread over a few days, but that's okay. But the wait, the wait for Christmas is over. How many of us parents, either here this morning or even across the world, I imagine, have been hearing for the last month, how long, Dad? How long, Mum, until Christmas? How long? No more. Today's the day. The wait is over. Well, this year at Cairo, we've been preaching through an Advent series. An Advent is a time of waiting, of anticipating, of looking forward to the arrival of Jesus. It's looking at the blessings that he brings with him, that he is to us. His hope, his peace, his joy and his love to his people. Well, today we celebrate an end to Advent. It's Christmas Day, the end of Advent, the end to that waiting. Uh, Before we go any further and get stuck into this message, let's pray and that we can receive it. Heavenly Father, we give thanks for this morning. We give thanks that you sent your son that we're celebrating and rejoicing in. But we pray, Lord, uh, that in the busyness of today, In the excitement of today, uh, Father, that you would not uh, be forsaken in our own hearts, that you would take the place that you deserve. And uh, remind us, Father, this morning, even as we hear your word uh, about Simeon, Father, about his long wait, um, Father, that uh, we would see something of what you have done, what you have accomplished for us to save us that we might rejoice today and celebrate the end of our waiting. In Jesus' name, amen. There was a man a long time ago called Simeon, and he is also known for his waiting. Now, we don't know much about Simeon, but what we do know from our passage is that he was a man that knew his scriptures. He was described as being righteous and devout. He knew his word. He went to it often. And in particular, he knew, he didn't just know his word, but he believed what he read in the scriptures to be true. And he waited upon them. This is uh, particularly focused upon the promises that he read. The promises that he read in scripture of what the Father, what God had said to Israel. And so Simeon is described. The activity that marks his life is that he is a man that waited for the consolation of Israel. He waits for the fulfillment of the promises that God has made to this people to bring them comfort and to bring them peace. Promises like what we would find made to Abraham in Genesis. That Abraham's descendants would become a great nation, as uncountable as the dust of the earth, as the sand, as the stars in the sky. And that that nation would be, in fact, a blessing to the whole world, to every nation. 
or the promises found in Isaiah of a child that would be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and would reign on the throne of David and establish it and uphold it with justice and righteousness forever. Or the promises of God to the people, uh, sorry, to, to Jeremiah, that there were days coming when all the promises would be fulfilled in a man who would occupy that throne coming from the line of David, that he would be a just and right man in the land and that he would save Judah and save Jerusalem, the people of God from their sin and that his name would be the Lord, our righteous saviour. Now that's a lot of promises. And it's really only the tip of the iceberg for what is in the Old Testament, for the promises that God makes towards his people, of the blessings that will come. But we must understand that there were a lot of promises that Simeon is waiting upon. Promises of glory, of comfort, of safety for the people, of being rescued by this king, this counsellor. And all of this Simeon knew And he believed and he waited on for Israel. Our reading from Luke this morning said he waits for that consolation, that comfort. Now, historically, the nation of Israel was not and is not known as a comfortable nation. In fact, there are people that are and uh, that were and still are suffering, constantly being torn apart by war of people invading and taking or being captured, of people uh, occupying their nation, and that despite all the great promises that the Father has made to them, they become swayed and shifted in their thinking away from the promises, away from God, forgetting him. And in need, desperate need, Simeon sees, of these promises to come true that they would be brought back to the Father, that they would be rescued in need of this promised child and king. And so Simeon waits, and he waits, and he waits, and he's promised that he will not die until he has seen this Messiah, this promised Saviour arrive. But he waits that one day the promises of God will be fulfilled, that they will be comforted from their sorrow and pain and brought back to God and into glory and into those blessings. Well, I wonder this morning, do we too wait? I think we do. As the church of God, as his people, waiting for the promises of God for a day when we too will be comforted by the Father into his open arms again. How often our own hearts say, like what, we, what I said earlier, of our own kids in the last month, how long, O oh Lord, how long until your promises will be fulfilled? Well, this isn't a new prayer, is it? In fact, Scripture is filled with people calling out to the Lord, particularly the Psalms. How long, Lord, until you come? How long until your promises are fulfilled? Some, some excerpts from the Psalms. How long, Lord, until you heal me? How long? My bones are in agony. My soul is in deep anguish. 
How long will you, uh, until you show yourself to me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day and after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemies triumph over me? How long until you rescue me from the ravages of my enemies, my life from these lions? How long will the people mock you, God? How long until you speak to us? How long will we struggle with sin? How long must we wait? How long must we wait? Well, one day, Simeon, still waiting, was led by the Holy Spirit into the temple and he sees a young Jewish boy, somewhere between the age of two and eight, standing with his parents, which wouldn't have been uncommon. And his, all his waiting suddenly comes to an end. And he runs and he picks up the boy and he says aloud to the Lord, Sovereign Lord, As you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations. A light of revelation to the Gentiles and glory of your people Israel. All of Simeon's concerns for the comfort of God's people. All of those worries for those that he has watched over for long years. As individuals and as a nation come to an end his waiting his wondering of how long will it be O lord is put at rest in peace they are comforted by the promises of god because suddenly before him stands the one that he calls the fulfillment of the i've lost my spot here i'm sorry your salvation Suddenly he sees the salvation of Jesus. And he can say, I'm ready to die now, Lord. I'm at peace. I'm at peace. There's something about this boy that has impacted Simeon. That his long, patient wait for the promises of God would be put to such a peaceful rest now. This boy is the salvation plan of the Father and the fulfillment of the Lord's long ago promises of comfort, comfort my people. Your sins have been paid for. He's the king that has come to rule in justice and righteousness over his people forever. He's the one that will redeem Israel, returning them once again to God without anything separating them. He's the one that will be called righteous saviour and wonderful counsellor and mighty God, everlasting father and prince of peace held in the arms of Simeon who has waited. Now we know from reading our own gospels that this is without a doubt the Messiah. And that even at the moment of his birth right through to his death and his second coming, he is and will be fulfilling the promises that have been made to the people of Israel and indeed to the world. This is most powerfully seen as he plays out the role of servant king. 
as he pays for the sins of his people, as he redeems them and brings them back to him with his own blood upon the cross. This boy is the ultimate comfort for Simeon as he waited. And to all the Jews that can through the Spirit perceive who he is, but he's not just the saviour of the Jews. And he doesn't just fulfil the promises made to them, but as Simeon says in his own words to the Lord in the moment that he sees him, he is a light of revelation to the Gentiles as well as the glory of the, of the people of Israel. That everyone that waits upon the Lord through him would be able to have access to, the, to God throughout the world. He fulfills the promises that suddenly people of the, the people of God, Israel, be a blessing to the world. He is now Israel, blessing every nation. This child held in his arms. And yet, yet we are at a time where we feel and are still waiting, aren't we? Waiting for the fullness of the promises to be revealed. But like a great artist who has finished their work, but has vowed it for a time, and waits to reveal it when everyone is seated and ready to see what they've done. Jesus has finished the great work of redemption. And though it is veiled from us for a time, when we've tasted and seen a little bit of it, we wait for the day when he comes again to fully reveal all that he has already accomplished. that day of the Lord when we are brought into glory. But that doesn't stop us from having peace even now. Simeon never heard Jesus' teachings when he began his ministry. He didn't see him get baptised. He didn't hear him prophesy about his own death. He didn't see him suffer in the Garden of Gethsemane before heading to the cross, nor being taken captive. Simeon didn't see the Messiah give himself up in the place of sinful men on the cross. He didn't hear the words of forgiveness and redemption while he hung there. He didn't see him come back from the grave. He didn't see him ascend and he won't see him again come back. And yet Simeon is described as a man that could say, I now have peace. Even though he saw none of it. Now you can ask any parent, it is one thing to trust yourself into the hands of one person, but it's another thing entirely to trust your children into somebody else's hands. Simeon is a man that didn't just have peace for himself on that day. His great concern and what he'd been waiting for all those long years was for the consolation of Israel. And he had peace not just for himself, but for all those that he held in his heart for those long years. In seeing Christ, he had peace that he would, the fulfillment of God's promises would be met for Israel in Jesus. That his kids would be taken care of in Christ. He didn't simply, he didn't come simply from seeing a boy in a temple either. But from the spirit revealing to him in that moment 
that this boy was evidence of a God that fulfilled his word. That everything would be kept from this moment. The great work had been done. He was the son making his way to the cross. I can rest now in peace. Now for us all of this happened 2,000 odd years ago. And we are still waiting for Jesus to return. But how much more evidence do we have now as we read of the word that this boy Jesus was indeed the Messiah, the son of God, the one that would fulfill all the promises when he that went to the cross, that died, that rose again, that fulfilled all of those very specific promises talking about the Messiah. And it should in some way all of this evidence demand peace from us. You should have peace. You should trust. And yet it's never that easy, is it? Not for us. Instead, even Simeon, it was a revelation given to him by the Spirit. It was a gift that morning that he walked into the temple, drawn by the Holy Spirit to be able to see this boy as more than just a two to six-year-old child. He saw him as saviour, as a gift from the Spirit. And that's what we pray for. That on Christmas morning, as we wait, or as we really come to the end of our waiting, that we would see Christ as so much more than just a boy, but actually the one that fulfills all the promises of God made to us, to his people. That today is the end of the waiting. And we can actually rejoice in what Christ has done now and have peace now. Even as we anticipate the full revelation of it to come. Christmas Day is a time when we celebrate the end of our waiting and the fulfilment of the promises and the arrival of Jesus. And so I would say again this morning as we close... The wait is over. The wait is over. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we give thanks, Lord Jesus. And for many of us this morning, Lord, the wait is over. That that cry that sits in our hearts of how long, O Lord, How long until you come? How long until we are returned to you? Till we can see you clearly? Till we can rejoice in the blessings that you've given us and the life that you've given us fully? How long? We celebrate an end to the waiting of that in Christ. That we now have a sure and certain hope of what is to come. We might now have peace through the spirit of seeing Christ as more than a boy, but as the fulfillment of all your promises. And yet, Lord, there is an anticipation, an expectation, a waiting for the day when you will return. But it's a waiting that can be done with peace because of your son. Heavenly Father, I pray this morning for all of us that through your spirit you might give us a deep understanding in our hearts 
of the peace that comes with your son. That we'd be able to take that into the rest of our day, into our week, into our lives, to be able to share our peace with those around us. And even in this world that cries out in agony, waiting, your people are at peace because of your son. Look forward to your return, Lord Jesus. And give thanks all the while. In Jesus' name, amen.